The gut is like a thumbprint. It is completely unique to you. So your gut healing journey is going to be completely different than the next person's gut healing journey. While we might share some similarities on working to heal the gut lining or, you know, getting rid of pathogens or, you know, whatever that is, the route we take and the amount of time that it takes is completely unique to each individual. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 67 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to ask that if you're enjoying this podcast, if you could take just two minutes to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Doing so really helps us reach more people so that others can benefit from the inspiring conversations and resources that we share each week. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with a friend, family member, or anyone who you think may benefit from this information. And of course, we'd love it if you would share it on social media, take a picture, and tag us. And we also want to give a special shout out to our listeners around the world. We've been reviewing all of our stats and noticed we have a ton of followers in India. And that just makes us so happy. And we're excited to be reaching people beyond beyond where Marnie and I live. And we have a lot of listeners in Europe. So thank you guys so much. And we'd love to hear from you, hear how you're liking the episodes and even what topics you're interested in learning more about in the coming year. We also have a couple quick announcements. Wanted to let everyone know that we have a free downloadable at-home workout guide that we compiled that has all of our favorite at-home workouts that Marnie and I have been enjoying during the pandemic. Includes a lot of small businesses so you can support your small business and entrepreneur while getting a good workout in at home. And you can head over to the show notes with the link and also it's on our Instagram profile or message us if you're having any issues finding that. And then we also have a sugar workshop, which we have available. It's online, and you can check that out heading over to our website, which is www.theartoflivingwell.us slash programs. And that's also on our Instagram profile and in the show notes as well. And this sugar workshop is just perfect For anyone who needs a reset, who is looking to reduce their cravings for sugar and really dive in and dissect what's causing the cravings and 10 simple strategies on how to have a healthy relationship with sugar. And it's only $30 and you can access it anytime. And now let's dive into today's conversation. We are so excited to have Carly Smith, aka Fairy Gut Mother, on our show today. Carly is a nutritional therapist a certified GAPS practitioner, and a registered yoga teacher. Carly became interested in health and nutrition after being diagnosed with Lyme disease 
And she started using food as medicine, focusing on the gut health to help her heal. She became so empowered in the progress of healing herself just by diet and lifestyle changes that she started her business, Fairy Gut Mother, so that she could help spread awareness around nutrition and help others. Carly is adamant about promoting the gut health lifestyle as it is more than a diet, but rather a combination of food and environment that play a role in the health of the microbiome. And we couldn't agree more. Carly has been featured on the Dr. Oz Show and is a frequent guest for Colorado's own Channel 2 News and the popular iHeartRadio show Modern Eater. Her articles have been published in major worldwide publications, including Mind Body Green, Yoga and Life Magazine, and Paleo Magazine, to name a few. She also leads numerous workshops, public speaking events, and cooking demonstrations centered around the gut health lifestyle. So during our conversation today with Carly, she shares her personal journey with Lyme and specifically how she healed herself. We talk a lot about the specific foods that she used, including the GAPS diet, as well as the lifestyle changes, including movement and stress. And as we know, and Marnie and I talk a lot about, stress plays such a significant role in your overall health, including your gut health. She does a really great job explaining gut health and just has some great simple analogies that I think can help everyone understand this somewhat complicated topic. So with that, let's dive right into today's conversation with the fairy gut mother. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Appetite for Change. Appetite for Change is a nonprofit in North Minneapolis that uses food as a tool for health, wealth, and social change. This year, in light of COVID and the unrest in Minneapolis, Appetite for Change has continued to ground themselves in their mission and center their work around community connection and nourishing food. They launched a pilot program called Community Cooks Meal Boxes, which provides fresh produce and pantry items, plus two recipes for over 300 families at no cost to the family. The program has been such a success that it has been extended for another six weeks and will continue into 2021. AFC has utilized the kitchens of their two restaurants, Breaking Bread Cafe and Station 81, to produce over 200,000 meals that have been distributed across the Twin Cities to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need. In addition, they have seven farm plots across North Minneapolis that are tended to by community members and Appetite for Change youth learning how to grow a variety of plants. These fresh fruits and vegetables are distributed throughout the North Side. Even in 2021, Appetite for Change is committed to building a more equitable food system by delivering fresh and nourishing food to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need, tending urban gardens, and more. We have been collaborating with Appetite for Change over this past year, and we have loved their dedication to their mission, and we so look forward to volunteering with their organization and working with them more in 2021. To learn more about Appetite for Change, listen to episode 31 of our podcast with one of their founders, Michelle Horowitz. For more information or to donate, head on over to appetiteforchangemn.org backslash impact or on Instagram and Facebook at Appetite for Change. Hi, Carly. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Art of Living Well podcast today. You and I were connected through someone that I met from Hey Mama, which is a community for working women, And you know um, 
this mutual acquaintance in Col through Colorado. And Marnie and I just love meeting like-minded people in the health and wellness space who use their own personal challenges and diagnoses to turn them into their passion and career. And Marnie and I also work with clients to help them heal their gut. And so we're really excited to share your insight and knowledge with our audience today. Yes, awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. So everyone has a story and we'd love for you to share your health journey and how you ended up transitioning from a corporate career to pursuing nutrition and ultimately becoming the fairy gut mother. <laughs> yes. So uh, I, in 2014, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Uh, so for those that don't know, Lyme is a uh, kind of a tick bite illness and um, it manifests differently for, for everybody. Uh, but for me, it was um, mainly my hormones. Uh, I was menstrual bleeding for like four months straight. No one could figure out what was going, uh, going on. I was jumping around from doctor to doctor and my health just really started declining. I lost all cognitive function, forgot where I lived, couldn't get out of bed. Uh, finally figured out I had Lyme disease and uh, went the whole antibiotics route, which is the most common treatment for Lyme. And after a few months, felt like I was starting to take medications for my medications and they were doing more harm on my body than good. So I went off all of my medication and just started doing my own research. That's when I started learning about gut health and that nearly the entire immune system is located in the gut. So I implemented a gut healing protocol, which was the GAPS diet that stands for gut and psychology syndrome. And honestly, within just a few weeks on the GAPS diet, I started noticing improvement in my health, uh, primarily my cognitive function started to improve, uh, my memory started to improve. And um, that's when I knew that this was extremely important and that more people needed to know about this and this information needed to get out to more people. So I decided to go back to school and study nutrition and become a, a nutritional therapist and a, a certified GAPS practitioner uh, on the GAPS diet and uh, started Fairy Gut Mother so that I could help spread this information uh, because of the, the impact that it had on myself was just has just been so profound. I mean, it, it truly has changed my life. And, you know, really, it, it is true, all disease begins in the gut and the gut truly is the foundation for our health. Wow, that's such a powerful story. And I think that we we have a lot of questions um, in reference to your story. So just backing up a little bit, I'm wondering, you know, how did you get Lyme's disease, if you know? And can you tell us exactly what Lyme's disease is? So I'm not sure how I got it. The theory is that I lived in upstate New York for a little bit, and perhaps uh, I contracted it when I lived there. And then it was dormant in my system for several years until I went through uh, about a year of chronic stress and that weakened my immune system and then the disease flourished. So that's uh, the theory behind it. I'm not really quite sure because I never noticed a tick bite or uh, a bullseye rash, which is is common as well. Um, and, uh, you know, so, and, and so Lyme disease is, is really different for everybody. Uh, you know, symptoms include basically flu-like symptoms, uh, fatigue, it can be swelling of the joints, uh, you know, aches and pains, lots of cognitive uh, dysfunction and brain fog. Um, so it's, it's so, it's very hard to diagnose because it's so broad of a spectrum of uh, symptoms and those symptoms can be indicated 
implications of lots of different things. Uh, but I do think that because there's more awareness and more people contracting Lyme disease that uh, they're testing for it a lot more now than they ever were. So uh, people can catch it a little bit earlier, treat it earlier, and which has been extremely helpful as well. And so say someone has some of these symptoms, how do they get, like, how do you go through the diagnosis process? Are there specialized doctors who treat Lyme's? Cause I know sometimes people get tested for lots of different things before they ultimately get that diagnosis. Yes. So there are called, it's called Lyme literate doctors. And uh, if you think you might have Lyme or want to get tested for it, I would uh, definitely recommend seeking out a Lyme literate doctor. So someone that is familiar in working with Lyme. Um, and then, you know, the most common uh, testing would just be a blood work testing. Um, and then, you know, finding out that way, sometimes people will be misdiagnosed a few times, which was the case for me. And it took a few different tests to kind of actually figure out what it was. And so uh, my advice would just be not to stop, um, you know, just continue to research, find good doctors, people that, you know, you, um, you resonate with. And there are so many treatments available for Lyme and chronic illness. And I think, you know, looking back, I wish I would have known that, uh, you know, that I had other options besides just antibiotics and other treatments and therapeutics that are supplemental in working with antibiotics. You know, I think it would have been very beneficial for me to work on gut health, you know, and, and going in with, with other sorts of treatments that are, that are available. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of information out there, a lot of really helpful things for Lyme disease. Uh, you just kind of have to search around and approach your doctors like, you know, I bet you're, you're interviewing them, you know, that they're, they're working with you and they're working for you. So find the one that works best with what you believe and what you feel is right for you. And you mentioned some other therapies and um, treatments. Did you try anything else aside from the antibiotics? And then you kind of went straight into really healing your gut. And we'll talk more about the GAPS diet. I did not. Uh, I, I really did not know that there was anything else out there. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing now, because I've, you know, I've seen so many other therapies and I've worked with so many people and, and helped them um, with, you know, administer some of these other therapies into their healing practice. And uh, it's been incredibly successful. So, uh, you know, I, I just thought that, you know, when you get sick, you go to the doctor and you just do what the doctor says, and that's the end all be all. And I didn't realize that there's so many other options out there. And, and also what a profound impact on uh, just changing diet and lifestyle have on overall health, especially as it relates to the gut, you know, with the nearly your entire immune system being located in the gut, it truly is the foundation for your health. And that's why I tell people, you know, start there and then start peeling back the layers, see how much healing the gut helps you. And then you can start incorporating other therapies on top of that. So the gut helped me tremendously. And then, um, you know, and aside from that, incorporating acupuncture and energy work on top of that later on, and, and whether or not that has helped me from Lyme disease or just improved my health overall, um, it's hard to kind of pinpoint, but I think there are so many amazing therapies that are out there that you can incorporate uh, into, into healing. So 
I think Stephanie and I are both very firm believers in healing the gut and that so much of your immune system resides in your gut. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, I think a lot of people hear that term healing the gut, but they don't really know what that means. Absolutely. And it's, it's so tricky, really. I, I mean, gut health is, is quite simple, but in the, you know, to, to navigate through all the information is, is overwhelming and, and hard to discern, you know, where do I start and what do I incorporate? And I tell people that the gut is like a thumbprint. It is completely unique to you. So your gut healing journey is going to be completely different than the next person's gut healing journey. While we might share some similarities on working to heal the gut lining or you know, getting rid of pathogens or, you know, whatever that is, the route we take and the amount of time that it takes is completely unique to each individual. Uh, but as kind of like a general overview, the gut is a healthy gut is comprised of a nice healed and sealed gut lining and a healthy balance of bacteria and fungi in the gut. So I use this analogy that the gut lining is like a garden hose. You want a nice healed and sealed lining. What happens when there's holes in the garden hose, you get water splurting out everywhere and it's quite unpleasant and annoying. And that's exactly what's going on in the gut. You're getting toxins, undigested foods, all sorts of things that are seeping into the system. Um, and that's really causing uh, wrecking havoc on the gut and causing a lot of problems. This is where a lot of food allergies and food intolerances come from, as well as autoimmune conditions. So having that nice healed and sealed gut lining is key. And then in addition to that, you want a really healthy balance of beneficial bacteria and fungi in the gut. So when you get an overgrowth of pathogens or bad bacteria and fungi, uh, that's called dysbiosis. And that also causes a lot of problems that can contribute to leaky gut, well, that permeable gut lining, uh, but also it can contribute to lots of different is issues. Um, you know, uh, when the bad bacteria is overgrown for a prolonged period of time, they end up sort of teaming up together that bad bacteria and fungi creating what's called a biofilm or basically it's like digestive plaque. So if you think about the plaque on your teeth, that's the exact same thing that happens in the gut. And this can become quite problematic because uh, it really um, blocks or, or protects those pathogens uh, in the gut. So probiotics, can be ineffective uh, if you're taking, you know, any sort of medications or anything like that for, for um, to get rid of pathogens in the gut that can, you know, contribute to them not being very effective. So lots of problems can happen when you have biofilms in there. So um, it's really about having that healthy balance of bacteria and fungi in the gut and that nice healed and sealed gut lining. That I was, thought you explained that beautifully. So well. And I love all the analogies you have. It just makes <laughs> yeah, it easy the, for people to understand. The garden hose sure. is great. Like that's a very simple analogy. Yes, it's, it's hard to understand. I mean, yep. wrapping your brain around all this information. And I noticed that, and I'm sure you all, you know, notice the same thing with your clients. It's like, people are like, where do I start? What does all of this mean? Um, you know, so it's, it can, it can be hard to kind of navigate through all the information. So I found you know, thinking of ways to kind of compare it can be very helpful. Yeah. So just question looking at your thinking about your timeline from the time that you were, well, maybe started feeling symptoms were diagnosed to then you went on antibiotics and then you, you know, really started listening to your body. And like you said, you just were frustrated the fact that you were taking medicine for the, the symptoms that you got from the other medicine. Um, how long of a process, how long was that journey? 
So it was about, I started feeling sick in 2013 uh, and then probably went about a year of being misdiagnosed and jumping around on, you know, medications and doctors and, uh, and then finally figuring out I had Lyme going on antibiotics and then to healing my gut. So that probably had what is, you know, about a year, a year and a half. And then as far as when I felt like between implementing the GAPS diet and really feeling like I was making significant progress in my health, uh, you know, and, and, and had felt like I had, you know, really made an impact on, on healing my gut was probably, I, I had been on the gap diet for about a, a year, um, or a little less than a year, but that doesn't to say that I didn't notice improvements in my health. And, and I tell that with my clients as well, you know, that, um, the, the microbiome changes within 24 hours of any, any change in your diet or lifestyle. So you should start noticing improvements in your health, um, very quickly. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are healed within that short period of time. Like I noticed in a couple of weeks, my brain, you know, cognitive function was improving, but you know, it takes about a little, it takes longer for the gut to actually do the complete healing. And sometimes I tell people, I mean, everybody wants to know how long is this going to take? Um, and I tell people a very general rule of thumb is however long you've been sick, you have to give your body at least that much amount of time to heal. And I found that to be pretty accurate with myself and my clients. You know, I was, I was probably felt sick for about a year before I was finally diagnosed. And then I was on the GAPS diet and working with gut healing protocols and um, other therapeutics that I probably about a year until I, I really noticed a significant improvement and felt like, okay, you know, my, I think I've, I've reached, you know, the, the, the end of that. So, um, but it really just depends, you know, for, for each person. Right. Um, so, and did you, sorry, did you stay on the antibiotics or did you completely go off the antibiotics when you started the gut, the GAPS diet? I completely went off of them. Um, so I was, I went on and off of them for, um, a, a few months I was on them and then felt like, you know, I was starting to take some different medications for my medications. I went off of them. Then I went back on them. And after I did that a few times, every time I, I started reintroducing them and my body just completely disagreed. Um, and uh, I felt, I felt better when I stopped taking them. So I, I had just planned to heal my gut. And then I would look at antibiotics, you know, a little bit later, just let me just do this to, to, to get some of those digestive issues I was having under control, but then it started healing all of my symptoms from Lyme disease. And so I never needed to go back on antibiotics. I felt. Wow. So can we talk about the GAPS diet? I think I'm guessing a lot of our listeners have no idea what that is. Can you tell sure. us exactly what that is and how, how it helped you? Absolutely. So the GAPS diet stands for gut and psychology syndrome, and it was started by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. And uh, she actually uh, started this diet. It's based off of the specific carbohydrate diet. And she uh, was, was using this to help her son reverse his autism. And then that's kind of how the, the diet came about. And, um, 
she, and so basically the diet is an elimination and reintroduction diet. So you eliminate a lot of foods that the body has a hard time digesting if your gut is compromised uh, and, and really implementing lots of bone broth, cooked meats and cooked vegetables through the the, uh, the whole introductory stages. And then you start reintroducing food slowly and moving with the pace of your own body. Because remember the gut is like a thumbprint. It's completely unique to you. So the amount of time that you spend on each stages is completely depends upon where your gut is at and how much time you need to heal in those stages. But you'll slowly start to progress and incorporating foods like fermented foods. Then you move on to the next stage. You can incorporate eggs, moving on to the next stage, you know, and, and so forth uh, until you reach what's called the full gaps diet, which is a pretty broad uh, range of foods to incorporate um, into your diet. Uh, keep in mind that everything is, is mostly cooked the entire time because it's a little bit easier for your gut to digest. And then as as the gut begins to heal, you can start incorporating all different kinds of foods so the gut uh, um, can digest it a little bit better and uh, you can tolerate uh, foods like dairy and grain and, and foods that typically tend to be a little bit more problematic for those with dis dysfunctional guts. And so you mentioned you were on the GAPS diet for a year. Is that sort of the typical, Correct. and you kind of said, you know, to expect it'll take as long as you've had the symptoms to heal, but how, cause I, I mean, I studied a little bit about the GAPS diet sure. during some of my education, but it's pretty um, restrictive in the beginning, right? It is, it is. It's, it's very restrictive. Um, and Dr. Natasha recommends about a two year max on the diet because it is so restrictive that you don't want to completely eliminate these foods for the rest of your life. And I think that that's kind of this misconception with within healing the gut and, and, and being your own guinea pig and trying to figure out what works for you is that we'll, we'll eliminate grains and dairy and, and foods that are a little bit more problematic for our gut, but people do that for their rest of their life. And um, it's kind of missing the idea that if you heal your gut, you, you typically should be able to reintroduce these foods and, and be able to tolerate them, but that's in their properly prepared form. So mm -hmm. um, meaning, uh, you know, when you reintroduce grains, it's, you're not eating wonder bread, you know, you're eating properly <laughs> prepared, uh, you know, grains that are, are good source, good quality good quality grains that your body can, can properly digest. Um, so I, I think that's, that's one of the things, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, depending on where your gut is at, it's uh, each stage should be different for everybody. You know, sometimes you can, you might spend a few days and then think, okay, I'm ready to, you know, start introducing ferments or dairy into my diet you bring that in, you have digestive complications. Well, then you'll eliminate that food and continue on that stage for maybe another week and then try to reintroduce it again. And once you've reintroduced it without any digestive complications or issues, then you can move on to the next stage. And now we want to take a quick break from today's conversation to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Lakewinds Co-op, which is a favorite grocery store of ours to shop at in the Twin Cities. We love that Lakewinds has such high standards and vets every single product on their shelves, including their amazing personal care and supplement section so that we don't have to. As busy parents, we don't always have the time or the desire to read every ingredient label. And we, when we shop at Lakewinds, we have confidence that it's been done for us. Grocery shopping should be an enjoyable and calm experience and Lakewinds does everything to make your experience stress-free from the moment you walk in the door. 
The decor and aesthetics are really calming and inviting, and we have never met such knowledgeable and friendly staff in all the departments, including meat and seafood, in the wellness department, and produce. We love Lakewind's produce section, which focuses on organic and fair trade products. About 95% of the produce is organic and local as much as possible. And they really support the local and small sustainable farmers right here in Minnesota and Wisconsin. The meat buyers actually visit the farms. They talk to the ranchers and see their practices to ensure that the animals are ethically raised and treated, which is really important to us. All of their meat is free from additives, synthetic preservatives, nitrates, antibiotic residues, steroids, and added growth hormones. Unlike many traditional grocery stores, Lakewinds has a banned ingredient list that is used to vet the products on their shelf, which includes artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated oil, etc. This applies to the food on their shelves, as well as the supplements and beauty and personal care products in their wellness department. If an item doesn't meet the product standards, Lakewinds doesn't allow it on their store. And we love that peace of mind. We also love how they seek out local small batch makers who meet their standards and really try to support our local businesses. We all know that maintaining a healthy body and mind has huge implications on our immune systems and being able to fight off the flu. So support your health and wellness in the new year by shopping at your local co-op. You can find the fabulous Lakewinds co-ops in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield, or have groceries delivered from Instacart. While Lakewinds Co-op is a member-owned store, you don't have to be a member to shop and receive their weekly specials. Although we highly recommend that you do become members like us for additional monthly savings and an annual dividend. You can find out more by going to lakewinds.coop, and when you're there, be sure to check out their delicious recipes. And if you don't live in the Twin Cities, we highly encourage you to find your local co-op by heading over to National Co-op Grocers and finding one near you. What would a digestive complication be? Like, what are you referring to when you say that? Sure. So let's say I've, I'm trying to introduce dairy into my system. So I'm, you know, eating cooked meats and broths and all that stuff. Then I add a little bit of homemade yogurt into my broth and kind of incorporate it that way. If I have diarrhea, gas, bloating, any sort of discomfort or, or notice any digestive issues, negative issues that, that come up immediately or, or within, you know, a day or so after eating it, then that's probably my body's not ready for it. And it can also come up in different ways too. It can come up as skin issues um, and, and the skin, uh, you know, you have microbiome all over your body. You have a microbiome in your mouth, in your lungs, in your gut and your skin in the vagina. Those are all the areas that you have a different microbiome in the body. Now the gut is like the mother of all the microbiomes, but the skin is its own microbiome. So a lot of times issues will come up on the skin and it can be traced back to the gut. So that's one one way that, you know, people might not necessarily notice that they're having digestive complications because it comes up on the skin, but that can be an indication as well. And what about for people that are vegan or they don't eat meat? How do you direct them when it comes to the bone broths and some of the sure cooked meats so, you were talking about. Absolutely. So I, I, the gaps diet would be very hard uh, for a vegan and a vegetarian because it is so meat centric, but I do have a vegetable broth 
uh, recipe available on my website. And what I stress to people that want to heal their gut, but you know, don't want to incorporate any animal products uh, is that really be sure that you're sourcing vegetables that are high in nutrients that heal the gut lining, like L-glutamine. Uh, that's one of the best things that you can do. You can even take it in a powder form uh, to really be helpful in kind of uh, maintaining that intestinal integrity, that intestinal wall integrity. Um, and uh, those are foods like carrots and beets and celery. Uh, and then uh, certain kinds of mushrooms can be very helpful in boosting the immune system. So incorporating foods like that uh, and um, seaweed can also be uh, really helpful for, for some of those things as well. So it's really looking into what nutrients are helpful in uh, kind of maintaining that healthy balance of bacteria and fungi, but also in repairing the gut lining as well. So what specifically in the meats and in the bone broth, what nutrients are you know, available to help heal the gut that, that you sure. can't get from a plant-based source of food? So uh, really it's like you're, you're, when you think about a bone broth, what you're doing is you're really extracting all those nutrients from the bones. It's the cartilage, the collagen, the connective tissue, those proteins, those amino acids, basically those building blocks of proteins that are, are are found in the gut lining. So you're extracting all those nutrients that are helpful in repairing and rebuilding the gut lining, but they're also helpful in, in, uh, in a lot of other areas as well. Bone broth has been uh, helpful in, in hydration because you're extracting all those minerals from the bones. Uh, so it, it can be a great, you know, sports drink in a way. Um, it, it's also uh, been known to help support a healthy metabolism. It helps your hair, your skin, your nails. I mean, it's, it's really a fantastic source of so many nutrients that's helpful if you have achy joints, you know, sore muscles, uh, and, um, repairing, um, you know, repairing from that. So it's, there's a lot of different health benefits in bone broth and in addition to just healing the gut lining, but primarily that it's due to the cartilage, collagen, connective tissue, L-glutamine, uh, all of those nutrients that you're extracting. Okay. And it's not something you can just like take in a pill, right? It's really well, best to get it through a whole food source. Absolutely. But there are, you know, there are supplements that are available. You can take collagen supplements, collagen peptides. Uh, they make bone broth powder now, which uh, would be great, you know, as like a, as a protein powder. So they're, they do make it in, in a supplement form. Um, and that can be great as well, especially if you're traveling. Um, but if you are, uh, and, and I also say it's great for, you know, good housekeeping type measures. If you just want to sort of, you know, get that into your system, uh, just to maintain those levels. But if you are looking for gut healing, you need to heal your gut. I definitely recommend incorporating bone broth because in the, in the initial stages, especially from the GAPS diet, uh, in my clients, I typically run about, recommend about six to eight cups of broth a day on a gut healing protocol, which I know sounds alarming, but uh, if you are incorporating it into you know all of your foods, I just cook a plain chicken broth and cook my oatmeal in chicken broth. So you can get it in that way. You won't ever notice it's there. Um, you sweeten it with a little bit of honey. It's actually quite delicious, but if you're incorporating broth more into uh, into all your recipes it's it's fairly easy to get about six to eight cups a day and that's really what you need uh in those initial stages for gut healing super interesting oh. <laughs> um yes. pivoting a little bit beyond using food to heal your gut we know that stress plays a critical role in our health and preventing disease 
Can you share with us how stress plays a role in digestion? Absolutely. Uh, stress is so important. This is why I call it the gut health lifestyle. It's not just a diet, you know, it's stress and your foods play such a huge part in the role of, of your health. Um, stress does a lot of different things. It weakens the gut lining, again, leading to that intestinal permeability. It makes it very hard for beneficial organisms to thrive. Um, you know, stress can increase the pathogenic bacteria in the gut. Proteobacteria is one. Um, so in some of my clients, I analyze their microbiome and kind of look at what all is going on. And it's, it's pretty interesting. And I'll see a client with a, a wonderful diet, really no issues. Uh, but I get a gut report back and they have very high levels of proteobacteria. And that's, um, and that to me is that indication of that lifestyle indicator where that's lack of sleep, high stress levels. Uh, so, so it's, it really is that, you know, diet and lifestyle component of it. Um, and, uh, so, so basically when, when stress also weakens your, um, your digestive enzymes. So you don't produce uh, di your digestive enzymes or as much digestive enzymes when you're, when you're eating as you should be, if you're stressed out. Um, so, you know, I tell people you have to rest to digest. So if you're constantly living in this stressed out state, we're not properly digesting our foods, which is really where gut health starts. If you're getting undigested foods in your system, that's kind of uh, where a lot of problems problems start. So stress is a huge, uh, plays a huge role in that health of the gut. So what are some stress reducing, you know, techniques or exercises? I know you're a certified yoga instructor, so maybe you can touch on how, yes. how that all um, can help someone and get out of their mind and get into their body. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I love yoga. Um, you know, basically anything that's going to get you out of your mind and into your body. Um, so I realize yoga is not for everyone, but some people that might be going for a walk outside, uh, it could be riding your bike, going for a hike, uh, you know, just finding something where, you know, you can really, that takes you out of your mind and gets you into your body where you can really focus on movement and breath, or even just taking Epsom salt baths or meditating, taking 10, 15 minutes out of your day to just breathe. Uh, it doesn't even have to necessarily be that, be that long. You could take five minutes, you know, it's, it's studies show it and it's really quite interesting to see how just little bits of time just spent focusing on your breath and what an impact that has on our heart rate uh, and, you know, all sorts of things going on in the body. So, um, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of things that I'll hear is, oh, I don't have the time or I'm too busy or whatever. And that should be the first indication that, you know, <laughs> we need to incorporate these things into our body, but, and into our life. But um, one thing I recommend that, that seems to be pretty helpful for people is, is scheduling it in your calendar and really going in and blocking out that time, making an appointment almost for yourself. So blocking out from 12 to 1215, I'm going to go outside and take a walk, you know, and, and it really, it's those small, uh, achievable goals that have long, uh, long, you know, term benefits over time. So I think another thing that people think about is that they have to kill themselves at the gym or, you know, uh, go crazy to get a little bit of activity or something for themselves in that day. And, and you don't, I mean, just the littlest bits of time, though, those are what add up to be, you know, the, the biggest um, uh, improvements in the health. 
Totally. And Stephanie and I, you know, help our clients with that regularly. And I think that that's something that we want to, you know, continually say over and over again, because I think people do think that they need to, you know, kill themselves at the gym or work out so hard. Um, And especially for people that don't enjoy that. Well, that's a big turnoff. Absolutely. And, and to kind of mention something else, I mean, stress, uh, exercise is stress on the body. So if you are already stressed out and you are going out and, and working out extremely hard, that's added stress on the body. So I see that a lot with my clients as well, that, you know, that's just kind of like a downward spiral for the gut. You have to be in a, you have to be in a really healed space in order to have kind of like that, um, that strenuous workout and be your body, be able to, to tolerate that. So sometimes just having those, you know, like literally going for a walk or spending time meditating or, or doing, um, you know, a a restorative yoga sequence can be, can have so much of a better impact on the gut and the body, um, than what you might think. And even the mind. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm going through a lot of this myself right now. I've completely changed my workouts for exactly everything you just mentioned. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So I know you have, you've talked a lot about food. Um, and one thing I wanted to ask you, cause I know it's part of this healing diet is resistant starches. And I know that's a word, probably a lot of people don't know what that is. And I know you incorporate that into a lot of your recipes. And I wanted to talk a little bit about all the amazing recipes on your site. But can you just say what are resistant starches and how are they helpful in healing the gut? Sure. So resistant starches are basically a type of fiber and they are resistant to digestion, meaning that they break down in the large intestine by essentially becoming food for the beneficial bacteria. So uh, those are foods like um, potatoes are an excellent source of resistant starches, underripe bananas or banana flour, oats, um, the legumes. So basically, uh, they're anything that's kind of, uh, resistant to digestion, breaking down in the large intestine, a, a source of fiber for the bacteria in the gut. Um, and I think these are one of the things that we have likely cut out of our diets because they're either hard to digest or uh, at one point, you know, we've thought that they were bad for us like potatoes, Um, but they're actually a a really great source of fiber. And and the problem with our diets are that we are significantly lacking in fiber. Fiber feeds the beneficial bacteria. So, you know, you can take a probiotic and consume probiotics all day long, but if you are not giving it what it needs to live to eat, you know, to live, giving it what it needs to eat to live in the gut, then they're either going to die or they're going to eat away at the gut lining, causing again, that permeable, permeable gut. So it's really this, this whole symbiotic relationship in the gut, you know, making sure that you're getting uh, repopulating the gut with those beneficial organisms, but then feeding it what they need to eat to live on. And like I said, our diets are severely lacking in fiber. And I, I really attribute most of the gut dysfunction to our diets and to the lack of fiber. So resistant starches are, are awesome to incorporate into the gut. Now, if you have digestive complications, they might become problematic. Uh, so, or, you know, might be a little bit harder to digest. So sometimes it's helpful to eliminate them and heal the gut and then reintroduce those foods. Okay. Well, my kids will be very excited if I start serving them more potatoes. So (laughs) they can, well, thank you later. (laughs) 
right. <laughs> tell us about all those amazing recipes on your site. I know you have kid-friendly snacks and um, what about, and you also have a lot of simple recipes that are good for, you know, someone that maybe doesn't love to cook. Oh, absolutely. Or is just not as experienced in cooking. For sure. All my recipes are, you know, really five ingredients or less, probably the majority of them. I mean, they're so simple um, and take minimal amount of time to make. Um, and so, you know, really um, it's all about just choosing good quality ingredients. And that's really what makes the difference in so much of the food in the cooking. So if you have bone broth on hand or bone broth in the freezer, that's a great way to add lots of flavor and nutrients to your food, start cooking with that, cooking in broth, uh, using a good quality sea salt uh, is, uh, is a, you know, a, a great way to add um, flavor and nutrients to your foods and cooking it in a good quality fat. So like a grass fed butter or ghee, which is just clarified butter, um, you know, uh, coconut oil. So, you know, choosing good, good quality fats uh, to cook in. And, and that's really what makes food taste so good. And then sourcing from, if you can find a local farmer, you know, search your farmer's markets or um, localharvest.org is a really great resource for trying to find farmers and ranchers near you to buy good quality meats and good quality produce. And when you choose better quality foods, uh, you it really, you don't have to be a great cook. They taste great already. So, um, and everything tastes good cooked in ghee or grass-fed butter seasoned with sea salt. So <laughs> there's no secret there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what are maybe some of your favorite, your favorite recipes, um, to cook? You know, what's, what I think is really fun is when you, when, um, you know, making, taking foods that are, are unfamiliar and foreign to people like fermented foods and then kind of making them into something a little bit more familiar so that people have an easier time incorporating that into their diet. So I found like my sauerkraut slaws have been really, uh, really fun and easy for people to incorporate into their diet. So basically it just takes sauerkraut and then, you know, shred some carrot, uh, shred shred some cabbage and some apples and put some seasoning in there. And uh, it's just this really nice, light, crunchy, refreshing slaw that you can throw in tacos, on burgers, in salads, you can have it as is. Um, so I have a few different flavors. I have a spicy kraut slaw. I have a fennel apple kraut slaw. Um, so I have a couple of different recipes for those on my website, but those are awesome because it gets people a way to A, increase their fiber intake because we're adding some other, other veggies in there, but also B, allow yourself to sort of dip the toe in the water to try those ferments because you're kind of putting it in some other things. Like I have a kimchi fried rice. Um, so, uh, you know, rice. Oh, yum. Uh, also, yes, really good. So, so <laughs> delicious. Yeah. So just, you know, finding different ways to kind of incorporate those foods. Um, and, and that's been, you know, really fun. They're great for meal prepping because again, you can kind of use them in so many different ways um, throughout the week, which has been really helpful as well. So where can people find all these amazing recipes and how can they connect with you? Uh, just my website, which is just fairygutmother.com and on social media is all at fairygutmother. I have um, some cooking demos on my YouTube channel and, um, and then of course post all of this to social media as well. Awesome. And we'll link all this information up um, in our show notes. And finally, one last question that we like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? 
You know, it really is um, that whole lifestyle approach. It's, you know, I talk about, like I said, the gut health lifestyle, it's stress management and uh, self-care and diet. Um, and it's that whole, you know, kind of creates that that um, big piece to the puzzle and all encompassing. So it's, you know, self-care, uh, taking time out for yourself, managing your stress levels and, um, you know, incorporating a diet that is um, helpful and in, in supporting the gut, choosing really good quality foods and taking the time to, you know, prepare uh, really uh, nourishing and, and delicious meals. Love that. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Carly, for being a guest and joining us today. Thanks. Thank um, you guys for having me. Yeah. Thank you. It was very informative and hopefully our listeners, I'm sure actually not hopefully <laughs> that they will have learned a lot of new information. So this is great. Yes. And I'm going to add the kimchi fried rice to my meal plan for next week. <laughs> yes. Uh, yay, and the apple fennel like slaw. The apple fennel slaw. I love fennel. So no, that sounds yummy. really good. Oh, yes. It's so good. And fennel is great for digestion too. It helps to, um, you know, ease any bloating discomfort after a meal. So it's an awesome thing to incorporate into your, into your diet. Well, and I think, I can't remember if it's like Indian food, they eat fennel seeds. Yes. Indian. Yes. Maybe they yeah. eat the fennel after the meal. Yes, yeah. because it's it's kind of uh, helps to For ease the digestion. digestion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yes, yeah. so you'll have to let me know how you like the recipes and when you try it. So I will. And just side note now, now that we're wrapping it up, but you talked about cooked foods before, but would you, would you cook the fennel or just eat it raw if it was in a slaw? In my slaw, it's just raw. So I shred it very thinly. And so it's, it's kind of, um, it's almost like the consistency of that shredded cabbage. So it's real crunchy, kind of like an, an apple. Um, but you can cook fennel as well. And in the slaw it's raw, but, um, fennel is awesome to just, you know, throw in the oven with a little bit of oil and sea salt and have it roasted. Mm -hmm. Uh, So lots of different ways that you can prepare it, you know, and and it's, it's kind of an intimidating looking vegetable Mm because it's got the bulb and then all those little, uh, crazy little ends coming off of it but you can use those tiny little leaves as garnish and salads you can chop up the stalks uh in in salads or like in a potato salad that they they kind of can substitute for a a celery um in a way so there's a way to use that and then remember any ends or anything that you don't use when you're cooking like carrot tops or maybe the fennel uh fennel stocks, save those in your freezer and use that in a broth next time you use a broth. So always make that discard pile in your freezer and then toss all that stuff in a broth. So that always helps um, next time you make your own broth. That's a great tip. I've done that before, but then I forget most times. So <laughs> I forget that too. So thanks yes. for the reminder. Yes. yes. Um, awesome. And ha- have a great day. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.